0: all right everybody welcome back to another identical draw podcast this episode we have a good buddy eric barber he works at vortex optics he uh he's their their content manager yep he got his start in the industry uh with midwest whitetail did that filmed filmed and hunted with uh a lot of those guys for many years and um yeah been doing the vortex optics thing now for a while um he was kind of our one of our first points of contact there and we've worked with them for several years now and done some hunts with them. We've done a couple of Turkey hunts, got a couple <clears throat> whitetail hunts with them this fall coming up. Mm-hmm. But man, we were in his house, um, this spring when we were up there, Turkey hunting. And what do you see in the walls, Tom? A lot of bucks, a lot of, big a lot deer. of bucks, a lot of sheds. <clears throat> he's, he's all around, uh, hooked. To the yeah. Outdoors. If you go to his, his, uh, Instagram at Eric Barber, something along those lines. Um, he, he, he's shot a lot of deer and he he's always extreme. seems to be a consistent yeah. killer especially on, early season on, early season very much so in his home state of Wisconsin yeah. I mean he can dissect public land as good as anyone so yep. so yeah we have him on to discuss Wisconsin where he's out of Iowa and then the 80 and he uh, has some, some really great points that he brings up so yep. if you're just listening to this you can also watch this on YouTube so yep um that that might give you a better idea of the properties we're talking about because you'll be able to see them on there again like we said with the last podcast if you have a property that you want some of these professionals to talk through where they'd hunt and things like that you need to message us maybe it's your own personal 40 and comment something um you'd love to you're having a hard time yeah send send it to us like no spot burning we'll just yep um pull it up on the screen and people uh, people will be able to dissect it for you yeah so all right let's get into the podcast with eric I was thinking one day i was like man we need to get some of the the best whitetail hunters we know and basically have them actually talk us through like looking at new country maybe they've hunted before maybe they haven't we're just picking random spots on the map and actually talk through like i want to know where you're gonna sit like obviously there's so a lot of different things of like you're you're not like walking the woods and like things can change so quickly, if you bump a buck or you see a sign that you just can't pass up or something, depending on pressure. But like, we just want to see like where these, where certain guys are just like intrigued on the map. So, this Wisconsin piece. What time of year would you normally be hunting in Wisconsin? Like, what's like a realistic time period? I mean, do you start getting interested in October,
1: September? I hit Wisconsin, I always hit Wisconsin hard at the opener, like that September 16th opener. and um so like this year i drew iowa so i'm gonna spend a lot of time in wisconsin from like september through probably like mid-october but like i'm just a normal year like i would have i would spend i would be burning a lot of time in wisconsin early september and then i would be like looking at it for the rut cool
0: okay so for this wisconsin piece When you like, when you look at the piece, I don't know if you have it up. You can get it up. Like basically, yeah. Um, tell us like what time period would interest you to hunt that property, and then how you'd go about hunting that property. Cool. And uh, basically, what I what I want is like give us a, a spot A, and then give us a spot B for backup. I guess for um, okay for people just listening to the podcast, um, yeah. one you should be watching it on YouTube two it's um this piece we're not gonna we're not gonna spot any of these pieces but we'll tell you it's in the state of wisconsin and it's kind of uh it's a unique it's a unique look so go on youtube you can kind of see see how it's shaped um but eric's gonna break down um a little bit how he how he'd hunt it
1: yeah so i mean guys when, when i look at this thing like there's a couple things that stand out immediately um the the first one is that creek that borders the road um that and when i look at at uh, the creek that is water that's going to be in that thing at all times so i don't know like what i don't know what the depth of that's going to be so like if i'm going to that for the first time i'm going to bring something like hip waders um i and uh i i love to see that because that a lot of times like especially on a really wet year um it's gonna keep a lot of people out because people just don't want to deal with that stuff. So for me, like as far as like timing goes, my approach to this is gonna be probably a little bit different than most. I'm gonna, I like really look at this thing hard from like in this in uh, we're 2023 this year. So our opener is uh, September 16th. Um, I'm gonna look at this very hard through September, and this the reason for that is. One, the mosquitoes are always worse in September. Keeps people out of the woods, and the deer pressure is always the hunting pressure is always lighter, and that makes it a little bit easier, in my opinion, that to you know to find those things. Um, so when I look at this, it's a, a unique shape. You know, you've got that uh, that long chunk that like runs north and south, um, and it, it kind of drops drops down, then comes up to that that uh, ridge top on the very south end and initially i my eyes immediately went to the big like oak flat on the north east side of the the property yeah. um i'm assuming that's an oak flat there looks to be some kind of crop on there and yeah. i would definitely get up there i'd spend some time on that that would probably be like that's my knee jerk reaction is to get up on that flat maybe on one of those points where that ridge kind of starts to roll back down to the to the north um But honestly, the spot that kind of seems the most out of the way and the most unique to me is uh, uh, that point down on the south. I don't know what those trees would be. I don't know if that's oaks up there. It actually looks like it might even be an intermix of, like, uh, oaks and, like, some cedars, some, like, thick bedding up on that, on that Mm -hmm. southeast corner of it. Um, But I'd be really curious. I've found a lot of times, you know, obviously the – you know, it's no secret that deer kind of like to bed with the wind at their back looking downhill. Uh, here in, in this part of Wisconsin, we got to get a lot of like westerly or northerly prevailing winds. So I could definitely see a buck being bedded on that point. And knowing that there's a house just right below it, I bet nobody, that guy's never going up there. Like it, it, I find a lot of times those bucks can just sit on those points. They almost like that sense of security of, hey, there is a little bit of activity around here. Yeah. Um, especially when they know that that activity doesn't actually like come up and actually hunt them. So that would be a spot that I would definitely throw a sit at on that southeast corner for sure.
0: That so, looks good because I think with wind, I, I mean, getting into wind direction a little bit. Um, I mean, I I feel like that that south piece you can, you can you'd you be able to get away with a little bit and and be able to basically. I know I know a lot of that chunk in there is private on that ridge top, but like a November time frame you're, you're going in south on that piece and and dipping in and then calling to basically anything north um northeast yeah and you're in the money there so yep. Eric, when you're hunting this piece say like during that opener time frame is there any sign or food source that you're trying to key on because like in my mind, I'd like, I'd want to see that Northeast spot and see if I could have any visibility into that crop. Yeah. But like, like, I mean, is you like, are you just like simply like, I'm still on that summer rotation of, I'm just in between food and bedding, or are there any like, like very particular things you're going to try to key in on?
1: I would, I'd be looking for rubs. Um, you know, so with us opening typically like mid-September like that, it's always right around the time that the first, you know, bucks are are typically out of velvet. If not, they're like about to be out of velvet in that mid-September time frame. So any of those rubs that you find are like, you know, that is like right now, like yeah. uh, recent intel. Um, so I'd be spending a lot of time just like, what I'd probably do is honestly go in there like midday, like at 11 o'clock um and even for that time of year you know the days are still long you're talking like 7 30 sunsets so like getting in there on like an 11 a.m 11 30 and just take that so slow um just you know we'll get the wind in a favorable direction and just kind of start walking and I'd be looking for like the first rub that I can find regardless of size like I'm really not too worried I'm not looking for like that big giant you know shredded up uh signpost looking rub I'm not expecting to find that so like what I'm expecting is to find a sapling like the size of my thumb it's just like recently shredded you know the, the bark is kind of peeled back from it um bonus points always in my head I don't know if this is something that you guys ever think about but like when you find those saplings that are about like thumb diameter they're actually like snapped off to me that always is like insinuates that that deer has like a little bit of a sign of aggression and it's not just like casually, you know, like just rubbing up and down. It's actually getting in there and like twisting its head around and snapping. And I I know that young bucks can do that too, but I always think back to, I think it was 2018. I killed a buck on opening day. And, uh, the weekend before the Saturday before opening day, um, I went in there to pull a camera, and this camera was set over an apple tree. And uh, I had to go through this like CRP transition field and in order to get this camera. And when I'm going through the CRP field, I'm noticing all these like fresh rubs and they're like, they are fresh, fresh, like this. they just happened. And they were all like snapped up. And anyways, I pulled that camera, had a bunch of bucks on it. And then the very first night of the season, I went in there and rather than sitting right over that apple tree, I kind of sat this little transition zone in that CRP and I watched five bucks come right up out of that draw and shot one at 30 yards right at last light. And that was the first day of the season, first sit. And it was exactly based off finding that fresh intel, fresh sign. Um, and, and to your point, Nate, it was like that bed to food pattern. Like he was coming from from bed going to yeah. food. But the reason that I was able to identify that was through the sign that, that he was leaving. yep
0: that's good stuff because i feel like early season it's just like it's it's food like i mean that's that's the topic but man there, i've watched so many bucks just lose their minds trying to get the velvet off and it's Mm -hmm. like that's i mean that is that is fresh 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 intel
1: for sure yep absolutely eric if you are
0: let's say um well I guess let you you've got some connections in Iowa you've got an Iowa buck tag if you're just like running over spots and just like running into dudes you're like not seeing what you want Um, and, and you head to a new piece you've never been, been before are you um, are you jumping in and like being aggressive or are you slow and you're taking your time hit, hitting the corners of it with very safe wind or are you are you jumping in like going to like what seems like like in this in this piece situation like that that northeast corner you jumping in right
1: away i'm probably gonna i'm gonna be strategic about it like i'm not just gonna bomb in there in the pitch black um if it's my first time in there i'm definitely gonna wait till uh there's at least some some daylight even if that is first first light um but i'll wait until i kind of have that enough visibility where i can see stuff like what's called you know First week of November, so I'm looking for like what that fresh rut sign is, rubs and scrapes and all that. I want to be able to see that, but I'm still going to have my heart set on that area up there in that northeast part. Um, I I totally feel like yep, you could you could catch a deer really anywhere on this piece cruising that time of year. You know, even along that creek as close as as it is to the road. I mean, I it would not shock me but I'm just going to put all my odds, my, my eggs in the, in the most high odds basket. And in my mind, that's like up in that Northeast corner, um, specifically on that little spur ridge that jets out to the North and West. Um, and what I'm going to hope to do there is hunt bat on like a southerly wind, um, get in there, blowing that, that my wind back over that valley uh, that's to the north of there and basically hoping that I'm going to get a buck that's cruising the upper third of that contour on the south wind, trying to check that flat for any does that have kind of come up and maybe walked across that oak flat or feeding in that oak flat. Um, it is like when you take the, the, uh, the whole hardwood section into consideration, it is a huge flat like it's it's a big flat ridge top yeah and i actually have had like pretty tough luck hunting those big flat ridge tops like that typically what i'm always looking for is that one little like spur ridge or that little like out of the way identifier that kind of like seems out of place yep. for whatever reason i just you know i don't know if it's that that's what draws my interest and i naturally spend time there or what but I, for whatever reason it seems i've found most of my better sits come on those locations. And that's what I feel that uh, that little spur ridge that kind of like jets up to the northwest offers. is just a little bit out of the way. Um I don't I'm I'm not gonna here's what I the last thing I would do is plop, plop a stand right in the middle of that flat open ridge. That's like the last thing I'm gonna do. You know, because yeah. one I guarantee someone already has one there. And two, I just don't think in a pressured public land setting, you're going to get a buck that, that, uh, tra- like just traipses down that stuff. I look at that as like, it might as well be a, uh, a plowed cornfield in my mind. Like it doesn't exist. I'm not going there, yeah. you know? Nice.
0: So with a small chunk, that's a few hundred acres. How many trucks along that road do you need
1: before you're like, I'm off of this piece? Oh man, I would say if there were more than two vehicles hunting that specific spot, it would be enough for me to, you know, turn tail and look and try to find another spot that kind of fits that mold. But looking at it, just like zooming way, way out, um, the big things that I like about it are one access, which Mm -hmm. is from from the west going in east into the property, um and that you have to go uphill those are two features that i like if there's a recipe that i'm looking for in a property those are two of the things that i want to see ideally and this this piece doesn't have it as much but in an ideal world there'd be one access point um your only approach is going up but then you would have to descend and then go up one more time that to me, I think a lot of times is going to weed out people that just don't want to go through that extra effort. Um of course this place doesn't have it, but I it still would be a place that I would absolutely look into. It's just weird enough and just out of the way enough to to warrant, you know, checking out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Nate, any other questions on this or should we jump to property number two? I think we should go to number two. Okay number two is in the uh great state of iowa just kidding (laughs) this is a cool spot so for uh people just listening let's see how many acres uh 280 about and it's kind of like in the shape of a question mark um so eric similar questions um it's, it's similar to the, to that other piece uh, to the Wisconsin piece, but also, um, different. Um, yeah, not, uh, just, I mean, you basically got your, uh, your North and your, your East axis and that's it. So, uh, I guess what, what jumps out of you right away?
1: This piece is super unique. Um, and it's in an area that I've spent a ton of time looking at a map and oh. no time hunting. So I don't really have a whole lot to like base it off of. Um, but a couple things stand out right away. So uh where the question mark goes straight down to the bottom, like that main vein on the south kind of point, there's uh a ditch that kind of comes up from the south and west and um kind of comes into the into the property. And I like that a lot. Um I like that it looks like that's crop all around it. Um yeah. Yeah like some sort whether it's corn or soybeans what I would love to see here and this is probably an unpopular opinion but I'd love to show up to this and see it in standing corn um I this piece is limited on uh timber cover so one thing that I always like to, uh, you know I, I ran into a situation back when I lived in Iowa actually in a different part of the state um I hunted a farm that was pretty limited on, on tree cover and on corn years when the corn was up, I always had, uh, better photos, better hunts, more bucks living on the property. And I feel like it was directly correlated to, to that corn because they just felt more secure when it was in a bean year, you know, a lot of does, a lot of young bucks, but those mature bucks just seemed to be more, more nocturnal and and less daylight active. So, and corn is always a pain in the butt to walk through. So like when you talk about that south end of this piece, you know, if that is in fact in corn, it's going to take a lot of work to get back there. Um, so that is a pe- one chunk that stands out. The other chunk that stands out is actually before you would even get to that. It's kind of in the midsection where it makes that 90 degree bend. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, that seems pretty cool. Uh because it, it's like it, it looks like a ridge that's kind of like uh, like dropping down. Um, if we are talking a rut situation here, late October, early November, that's the biggest like connect connected portion of timber for any deer that's going to want to stay in the timber, kind of transitioning from like the northwest to the southeast or vice versa. And if it wants to stay in the timber, that's the chunk that it's going to be in. And that timber is not super deep. So odds are, if you get in that, you're going to see something. If it's using that that as uh, cover, you're going to at least get yeah. eyes on it, and then hopefully be able to to you know grunt, rattle, whatever, snort, whee something in, and uh, you know pu- play off the the seasonality and and just aggression of a of a buck that might be passing through there. So I like that area a lot.
0: So that's yeah, gonna man. Be, I that I was an October one opener. Right? Yep. So. Say you had, I mean, the entire season to hunt, like what, what
1: time frame would this property interest you? Oh man, this one would probably be a, I mean, I, what I would love to be doing is I'd love to be keeping tabs on it because let's say, let's say, you know, let's say those are soybeans and everything else in the area is yellowed up. As it typically is that time of year, and maybe there's just a couple back little coves in that that are still green. In that case, I'm going to want to throw a couple hunts at it early. um I love that early October time frame if you can find uh, a food source that is out of place. So late planted beans, beans that maybe just don't get a ton of sun that stay green later than than the rest of them. Um, that kind of stuff, but. Assuming that, you know, that's not the case, I'm going to probably look at this as a uh, last week of October play. And the reason there is, you know, it's it's uh, it's like we kind of talked about, there's not a ton of cover. You can see a super long way. So I'd love to hunt this with a decoy. Um, yeah. This would be something where I'd be spending a lot of time, you know, whether it's one of those like uh, two-dimensional heads-up style decoys or you know getting in there with uh with something a little bit bigger um i'd want to get in there with some sort of visual attraction and just you know get in a place where i can cover a lot of ground rattle and uh you know hopefully pull something in into that decoy
0: you could i mean this place has so many like dips and turns i feel like you could hunt somewhere different every like every day in a week and and have a different hunt but it i mean it almost looks like some sort of like planted tree thing in the south, yeah. south bottom. So, I wonder, I that'd be very interesting that'd be very interested to get back there and see what that's all about. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of food, a lot of just little timber chunks. Um, yeah, one thing on that, that green, basically finding some of that green food is like Tom, your first um Kansas buck. I, I remember one of like the most things that stuck out in my mind was like our beans were so much greener than everybody's. Yeah. Like, like I remember that being like so obvious, like ours were still like looked like, like July beans and everybody else was fading and pretty yellow. Um, And who knows? I I think that definitely plays a role.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah i think that's so key if you can find something that is just a little bit out of place and doesn't fit the rest of the mold i think that's that's so key even another spot is i've kind of been just sitting here looking at it more um and it's a very specific spot so right where the uh the like seasonal water in that ditch kind of comes to an end i'll actually kind of show you guys here but like yeah right where this stuff comes to an end this little chunk right up here For whatever reason, it's kind of catching my eye. And what I like about it is it looks like there's some sort of crop directly to the west. Even if it's just hay, it's something that's a little different. And then when you look in there, it looks like there's a ton of sunlight that gets into that little like opening. What I'm envisioning is like an opening in timber. And there's probably a lot of tall grass there. Um, It's on the south little um, roll of that hill. And it's not a ton of timber and it's a very isolated spot. If I was a buck, that's probably where I'm going to, I'm going to probably lay yep. right about where that cursor is right there.
0: Yep. So um getting into wind direction a little bit, Eric. Um, is there, is there a wind that you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely hunting this piece. Um, what do you think on Curse- that side of things?
1: Yeah, for that for that spot, that very specific spot that I just talked about there, a northwest, I'd be really excited to hunt that on a, on a morning hunt. I think would be really cool to hunt that spot. Um, otherwise, southwesterly, I feel like would be the safest. Um, even uh, a due south, I feel like a due south would be a little bit more optimal for the deer to be there than a southwest. Yeah. A southwest works great for you as a hunter, but it's doesn't really work a ton for the deer a due south works pretty good for a buck that's cruising that middle section of the property at that first 90 degree bend um so on a, on a due southwest south wind i'd be pretty pumped about that area yeah
0: so you're the little chunk you're you're the one where you show where that where if you were a buck you'd be betting northwest wind are you gonna tuck down into that that Thick stuff like are you gonna like you can kind of see where that shadow is where it's like the bigger timber and then kind of looks like where that it could be some grassier stuff are you going to get into there are you going to be on field edge trying to catch the movement along that that terrain change or what are you where are
1: you going to be at what i'm probably going to try to do is i'm going to i'm going to assume that that deer is bedded on the high side of that tall grass Yep. Um, so kind of up on, on the North end of that tall grass, right where it breaks and kind of starts, you see there's some bigger trees scattered in there. I'm assuming that bug is going to be bedded in that area. And what I'm going to try to do is get above his level or right on, or just above his level, um, kind of at the portion where it jets out most into the field, um, right up in like, in like that area, right, right up in there. And, uh, what my hope would be, that's why I would want to hunt that on a morning rather than an afternoon. I feel, I, I feel like that's just a place where a buck wants, wants to be. You know, it's—it's it's, there's not a lot going on there. He kind of has his own isolated spot. If you go in there in an afternoon, it would be doable, but there's also a pretty dang good chance that he's going to see you. Um, if you get in there at zero dark 30, you know, and it's dark out and it's also – in the morning, especially in October, you know, depending on the, on the conditions the day before you might get a little bit of a frost still, or a little not frost, but like dew, you know, just yeah. wet grass. Yeah. And I want that in the morning when I'm going in there, especially if I'm trying to get that close and that tight to them. I mean, it might take me, uh, 45 minutes to walk into that spot. And then it might take me an hour to get from the edge of the timber, to 50 yards into where I'm actually going to try to to get up in a tree and, and, uh, and, and get set up. Um, I would just want to be creeping along, not making a sound. And I feel like the mornings would, would offer me the best chance of doing that.
0: Yep. And if you were to hunt this late October, um, obviously that's like a primo sign. I mean, you're going to be like keying in
1: pretty heavily on that stuff too, I would assume. Definitely. Yep. Any, especially scrapes. I mean, at that time of year, I, I'm always like, for whatever reason, I just always switch to scrapes that time of year. That's the thing that I'm looking for. That's what I want to see. And um, you know, the fresher that those scrapes are the better and, and the more tucked into the timber they are, the better, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's scrapes all over the edges of those fields, but I, if I, if you can find that big car hood size scrape, 150 200 yards into that timber because again that's not super dense timber you find that one big scrape that is in the timber that's uh that'd be something that would have me pretty excited nice
0: well sweet nay any more on this one how many vehicles um until you're
1: bouncing two um yeah so so this one I mean, still, if it's got, if it's got three or more, it's going to be tough for me to hunt. But even if it is like, if it's, let's call it an afternoon hunt of uh, three or four vehicles. And it's like a Friday, I've got a three day weekend and I just bombed down there and I went, I had that spot on my crosshairs and I show up and there's three vehicles and I don't really have a backup plan. Rather than just kind of driving around, I actually might run in there and uh, not hunt per se, but I'll, you know, I'll just try to get up on a high point, um, glass, see if I can, you know, find where deer are moving. Because again, it is pretty open, but then just as as much as I'm going to be looking for deer, I'm going to be looking for people, um, specifically when they start coming out. Like I'm probably going to stay out there until pitch black and start looking for headlamps. And uh, if no headlamps come out of the spot that I want to be in the next morning, I wouldn't at all feel bad about getting back there for for that yeah. morning hunt. Yeah, I'm sure. Cool.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Well, jump to the last piece.
1: This one you guys know pretty well.
0: <laughs> yeah. We want we wanted a uh, a control because you want to see um what what everybody says because we're gonna have every guest on here we want to see how they'd uh, they'd hunt it. And we have we I mean I guess we have a little more intel to fill people on, but um it is kind of interesting when you look at it um on the map, like you can't you can see our one big plot, but you really can't see much else. So um right. I don't so know Eric so for people listening, the last the last piece is the Kansas 80. Northeast Kansas where Thompson and I have been hunting since 2019 when the family got the property um we've killed bucks in October November and December and um haven't killed a September buck yet they usually we're chasing other things out west um but yeah this is the this is kind of the control um just to kind of kind of seeing if uh I don't know a lot, a lot of these listeners have probably watched our YouTube stuff so you kind of know um where we probably shot deer and stuff like that but uh yeah eric i mean dive into it it's, it's because it almost start out where we have with the other properties If you're gonna hunt this piece like what time That's... of the year what what what's exciting you like what when are you trying to get your
1: your two weeks to hunt this piece oh man i feel like if i had to boil this into two weeks i'd probably be showing up the seventh of November and hunting until the twenty first, and that those would be like the fourteen days that I'd want to pick. Yeah, and uh yeah, I mean that would that would be the time, and I would just feel like there's, you know, I, I looking at it on the map, the first thing that my eye goes through is the creek that kind of goes north to south. Yeah. um and I would have to imagine that bucks are kind of cruising that during the rut. Um. On day one, I'm probably not going to dive right into that because I've never been in it. I don't know what it looks like, anything like that. Um, so call it the afternoon is November 7th. What I'm probably going to do is go in from the west and on the, uh, looks like that's a, a food plot of some sort, soybean field, turn-up, something like that. But like this area here might get on that west, or sorry, that east uh little lip that goes out and um get right on the edge of that and uh even if the wind that I would kind of be wanting there is a you that's it it would make sense
0: (laughs) yeah wind is so
1: hard to think It, it like you want to say like oh a southeast wind or an east wind but that's yeah you know that and it also doesn't make a ton of sense for a buck to want to like be there on that easterly wind. He's probably wants to be there on westerly. So if there'd be a way that you could thread a southwest breeze, maybe just straight up this point like that, and then hoping that he's somewhere bedded down in that stuff and comes out on that uh what would be uh like east section of the the plot just before it starts to hourglass out on the north side that's where I would be hoping um, for like an observation sit and like uh, on November 7th or whatever. Um, And then from there I would start to kind of pick it apart and get in deeper. Um, Really keen along that Creek would be my, my kind of primary. Um, I feel like the Northeast corner of the property, there's a lot that kind of comes together there. You have a chunk that comes in, from the midsection of the property and then in the very far northeast corner and a lot kind of comes together there um so basically right at this uh like convergence here where that ridge drops down and uh the creek kind of meets that ridge would be a spot that i'd want to be on a morning sid after i've kind of gotten a chance to figure out a little bit about what's going on that'd be a spot i'd want to be for sure yeah nice
0: yeah it's uh one thing that we've we've recognized having it is it's the wind direction is is our biggest challenge because we found that it's it's hard to hunt just a rectangular piece that's long north to south um because obviously your cold fronts um pushing from the north so um we i mean we we have hunted i mean we've hunted every, every i mean most of the this whole 80 and um shot bucks uh i mean a lot it seems like the south is has been or would you say Nate, the south has been um where we've where we've caught some movement um it's kind of strange like it's it, looking at the looking at that basically the south um east corner it doesn't seem like there's like big woods coming into that or anything but I th- I do think that they might use that creek a little bit that runs mm-hmm. south into our property and for some reason even though it's so thin they they like that and, and basically run it up to that northeast, where, where you mentioned as well, and having um Matt Ross and the different land consultants to the property, they they like clung on to that northeast. They were like, This is where we're going to kill big bucks, and we have had big bucks use that a lot, but um, haven't had a great way to hunt it yet. It's just kind of been we've bombed in there a couple times, but um, yeah, that's that's a unique perspective there. Um, Eric, I'm gonna I'm just sending you the, the pin of where Tom shot his buck this last year. I think you'll be surprised. Where you okay. said uh, your first spot, um, your first spot in the in the north central, kind of where that topo was changing, is one of our yep. favorite spots because we really like to ride that that dark topo line, just because you can see down
1: into that lower stuff and like the visibility. Sure. That's the best visibility in the property. Yep, that makes sense. So then that that pin that you just sent, that's where Thomas, that's where you killed that buck last year. Yeah. That south yeah. kind of west west yeah. central kind of corner. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, that is the biggest thing when I when I look at it. And I even like got caught, my wheels were spinning there. I'm like, man, like the wind direction is gonna be the hardest part here. Um, you know, some things that I would like try to think about too. I'd you know on a uh, a southerly wind i wonder if you could try to get in on the very far north boundary and just ride that fence line all the way in then get down into the creek and then kind of work that creek to the south that would be something that would be on my mind a lot um but then another area that i'm super intrigued about is uh basically due east of thomas where you killed that buck last year there's a, another little like very subtle little spur that comes out on the east side of the creek and that little knob just seems to be a pretty sweet spot for for a buck to be hanging out too yep they're very thick in that in that corner there
0: um yes. Yeah, so eric i shot my 2021 20, buck doing that in the north we have permission on the neighborhood to the north to walk his stuff and then just jut into our ground and we jut in like hmm. 50 yards maybe and yeah. that's what I mean some of our better uh sits there because you get in undetected and just I mean that's basically the name of the game and then just all really good thick cover. But um we've yeah, had that, that south that uh that southeast area that you're talking, we've had cameras up there. Um we kind of leave that as the um like bedding zone, just yep. let them do their thing back there, kind of thing. But some of our best cameras have been back in there for sure.
1: Yeah, I bet. All of our, for whatever
0: reason, all of our summer picks are always like if you broke broke the eighty into like um, fifths, um, going from north to south. Like that bottom fifth, we have all of our summer trail cam pictures. It seems um, at least our consistent hmm. ones. Like we'll have random bucks show up north and and in our beam plot and stuff, but that south section whatever reason they they like it down there so does that
1: does that creek ever hold water
0: it always it does. does yeah we we're really lucky yeah. really
1: yeah, yeah that's cool and, and do you guys find that um you know you it is like does the vegetation change much down in the in that creek bottom like is that pretty different down in the bottom as opposed to what you're finding on those ridge ridge uh i guess ridge Tops and then where it's kind of dropping down.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the uh
1: the NDA
0: guys told us that they were like finding a ton of like highly preferred stuff along that creek. So we've had we've had, there, we yeah. have we have tons of trail cameras along that creek during the, the October November time. And the timber yeah. and, is also the best along that creek. It's the oldest, most mature, because I mean we have old maps basically in aerials that showed that. They farmed basically up to that dark topo line, like basically middle of the property. Wow! So that's like all that's like all hedge and locust, and then once you start dipping down to the creek, you get your hickories, you get the oaks, you get the really mature walnuts, um, big big hackberries, all that stuff. All of our most mature stuff is like within
1: fifty to a hundred yards of either side of that creek. Yeah, yeah, man, that is crazy that they were farming that. Much, but I can totally like now that you mention it when you zoom in uh you know west of that dark topo line, you can actually see yep. that like that's uh you know that, that stuff is totally different than the stuff down in the bottom. That is super interesting. Yep.
0: All right. So November 15th. Yep. Walking out with your bow and bow in hand, your one way point, where 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 would you shoot it on to the
1: oh man one waypoint on November 15th for me is probably going I'm probably gonna put it what, what do we got for a wind direction that day what's what's the weather conditions doing? I mean you're
0: probably you're probably gonna get a north that time frame I mean it's probably probably gonna be pretty chilly let's say it's overcast. Uh, this last year is probably a high of mid30s during the day. Yep. down into the, the upper teens, low 20s.
1: Yep. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to go about, let's see, I'm going to measure it actually. It's from where Thomas killed his buck last year on a North wind. I'm going to go about 160 yards to the North and slightly to the Northeast and put a, I'm going to set up for the day, basically right where I got those crosshairs and, uh, reason being is it's just a little bit closer to the creek there yet it's pretty close to that main uh, topo line that we've kind of talked about um but it is just a little bit beneath it yet uh assuming that something is kind of cruising that creek running that um and i would i would expect to see movement you know (laughs) basically any time of the day coming from the north or from the south you know going up and, and down that creek and and honestly, I'd I'd even be expecting to see like, you know, some of the bucks multiple times, you know, do, making that loop, kind of going back and forth, just cruising, looking for does. That that would be where I'd uh I'd put my eggs in that basket for sure. Nice. Cool. Well, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. It gives some good insight. We'll see what, what everybody else says on that. Yeah. But... I'll,
1: I'll I'll be curious. Uh yeah. and, and with your guys' experience, how did I do? Uh, on on the eighty specifically,
0: man. No, that was really like good. You
1: mentioned mo- go ahead,
0: Tom. I would say you mentioned things that we've done. Um, use use that creek a ton. Um, the to- like right where the topo dips off, we're, we're heavy on those spots. Um, kind of the part the spot where you mentioned like an hourglass is like um, we've we've there's been tons of movement on on that side just. Being up high, and looking down. Um, Nate, I don't know. What do you want to say? Um. Yeah. That. Uh. Recognizing that like, the wind's just like the toughest thing. Um. One thing you were saying is like where you'd expect the the bucks to be better than like that kind of that low area by the creek. Um. Just working that area. I mean, that's literally what happened. I mean, Tom, what day did I call, babe? November uh, fourteenth. 15th. Fifteen? Yep. Yep. Um I'll share you another waypoint. Um we were in a, a very familiar stand and I mean rattled him in basically. Um we, but it was we like knew, really we thick. knew yeah.
1: we knew he was, was down was
0: there. Like central just I mean hell hole. Um and he came in to 40 I think forty-four, but too thick, um, and just peeled out of there. Um, because our wind was so dicey, because of the, oh, yeah. the north south the north south lie that the uh, uh, that the property has, we were like we, we went in there with a the marginal wind because I think we had north something, but we were like we need to be here, and it's just going to be it depends if which direction he comes at us. If he comes at us low or straight down wind, and I mean it, it worked. Besides, I mean. I mean, forty-four yards a buck. I mean, I can make that shot. Just needed to be clear, and he just was in the thick stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like they—they they live in that thick stuff along the creek there. Um, but and yeah, do you guys I mean, deal
1: with a lot of a lot of swirling winds down in that creek bottom.
0: I just sent you a uh, waypoint or a trail cam photo of that buck that was right uh, on us. But yeah, oh, there it's yeah. it's it swirls quite a bit. Um, yeah yeah we've got time you, like- you took some footage that you took some footage of babe when he came in right yeah yep. just add that just add that quick in the youtube video um but yeah i mean it's i feel like it's usually pretty true um on the 80 pretty much wherever you're at but i mean i think one thing that you can't see and when we had spencer newhart at hunt the ground it's this this property it's like a bow hunter's dream because literally I'd be totally fine sitting like four dudes at least, four or five yeah, dudes at least. Week. Yeah. Like you'd feel alone because the topography really is way more, more than it looks. It's way more than it yeah. looks. And like even like walking, just even like walking along the creek is really hard because it's so twisty turny, so thick and stuff like that. Um that, that's kind of one thing that's interesting about it. Uh
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for an 80-acre chunk, it is a, about as diverse as anything you could ask for, you know, between yeah. tillable ground and that creek bottom, all kinds of edge. I mean, it's – and then especially when you look at it on like the, the, the big zoomed out, like the 30,000-foot view, I mean – you, you it's pretty telling like how those deer are going to be moving in. like a lot of north north to south movement you can kind of pinpoint a lot of those bedding areas that's one thing like as i've been doing this kind of exercises you guys have been putting me through this like the first thing that i'll do like after i get the pin is like i'll back out you know and and i feel like that's something that um you know people might not not do enough of but like actually look at it on the macro scale like a lot of so much of all this is like micro details. Like, okay, what yeah. is the spot within the spot? But I feel like in order to find that, like that, you know, specific area on the map, you first got to look at a very big picture and be like, okay, what are the spots that actually make sense? And where should I be spending my time? And, and that's been interesting, just me observing as we've been kind of going through this, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I hunt now today is stuff that I know, or I've been to before. Yeah. So a lot of it is that macro level, like just figuring out, like or sorry, micro level of like those fine adjustments. But yeah, looking at it on the big picture is, I think that's a huge thing for people to kind of think about a little bit more.
0: That's a, that's a super good point to bring up. Just like how those deer are like really gonna use that, use that landscape because they're like we, we said it a million times, deer aren't living on our 80 acres. They're really not like we get we get snippets of them being on our ground for a couple of days, maybe, but then they're they're off gone again. And you gotta basically jump on them when they're there because they're gonna be there for I mean, we have a lot of bucks just hang around pretty consistent for a month or two and then they're gone and then we see them again. Um, uh, but yeah, when you when you zoom out to the to the many, many miles, like you can you can see that our eighty is just is some of the most condensed, like bigger chunks of timber. And while we we wanna cut a decent bit of it like we still like we know that's what makes our 80 unique so we, we leave leave a ton of it up so um, totally and you can you, you can cut it to make it thicker too i mean yeah you just want to figure with different stuff um but yeah it's it's uh it's it's a love-hate relationship mostly love but it's just like <laughs> man when you've got you've got certain winds, and you just like, no, there's going to be deer out there and just all thick cover where I'm like, they could bed anywhere. That's like one of the toughest things that I, from like consuming outdoor content to actually hunting, people talk about bedding areas and they talk yep. about, they're going to be, here. I'm like, they're going to be on this 80 somewhere. Like that's like, yeah. there's no one area that is so unique. There's areas that we try not to ever go in like that would just leave like no human contact that we hope they can bet in. But it's like, it's all really good cover. It's all covered deer to bed in. They're going to be bed in certain areas, just basically depending on visibility and the wind direction that day. But pick your spot, like literally throw a dart in the map, because that's the hardest thing about it is like, it's, it's just not predictable where they're going to be.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: I'd say compared to like the first two properties we looked at, like pretty quickly, all of us would be like, okay, they're there, or like, yeah, you're like one, two, three kind of spots. But this one, it just, it, 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 it takes, it probably takes more of a boots on the ground to see, okay, where's the fresh sign? Where are these deer actually bedding? Cause right now, it just looks like 80 acres of, of thick, thick timber and a creek and some, some topo. So, um, that's and when, when you've just got yeah. all that thick. And in, in that November timeframe, Eric, are you going to be like, is it gonna be signed or you're just gonna be like, eh, I'm just gonna get in an area where I think travel's gonna be and just spend time?
1: Yeah, that time of year I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt like funnels and terrain features that make sense. I mean, I I bet you guys would agree with this. Like if you walk through that section, there's probably not a two-acre section that is totally void of deer sign. Like I would imagine at that time of year, you're gonna find no matter what section of that chunk you're on there's a rub, there's a, a scrape. I mean, it might not be the rubber, the scrape, but I'm not really w- looking at it from that standpoint. Honestly, last year, you know, that I, I kind of ran into that hunting, uh, Northern Illinois and the last part, or sorry, the second full week in November. Um, and it was a situation very similar to that where like there were rubs all over the place. It was a brand new place to me. And, and it wasn't big. It was, I mean, relatively speaking, you know, it was uh, uh, like less than 400 acre uh, public chunk of nothing but woods in rolling Hills and the adjustments that I was making actually on the day that I killed my buck, the last day there, I uh, got down and like rehung three different times before 2pm. And none of those adjustments were more than 50 yards away from like the, the initial tree that I sat up in that morning. The last adjustment I made, I literally got down and I walked like six yards from the base of the tree just to get into a different tree where I could see this trail differently. And two and a half hours after that, the buck that I shot walked right down that trail and I shot him at eight yards. So like, I, I feel like The reason I bring that story up is it applies to, Hey, get in an area where deer are in a terrain feature that you feel confident in, and you can adjust from there. Like just get in the woods and then start making your micro adjustments as needed. And during the rut, like who cares if you got to get down and adjust for, it it takes you 20 minutes. Like it's, you're not, you're not totally blowing everything up at that time of year. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, uh, we can wrap it up soon. There, I want to ask you because Thomas and I, we go back and forth in this heavily. You have the waypoint of where Tom shot his buck. It was okay eleventh. Is like two in the afternoon. Just, just total rough buck. Where, in your opinion, so, we had a north wind.
1: So you can where see, you see
0: that's that's well, Nate. That we should say that that's the shed right there. That the southwest corner. That's our shed. And I mean, what was he? Okay. maybe. I shot him maybe 100, 100, 150 yards from from that shed. We were actually um Graham texted us needing some photos of a of a scope that day. So we were messing around south of the shed and in that kind of in that timber and uh, like just yeah. a couple hours before I shot my buck. And like like you said, Nate sent you that pin. Um where like where I guess Nate you're bedded? like okay. One was he betted, or do you think he just like he was like working one of those timber draws into the property in the south? Because basically a whole ruckus was going down. Like, like yeah, we saw we saw another at least like a really nice possible shooter and some does just run into the to the northeast, just going crazy. Um so Tom already grabbed his balls, like hit some grunts, hit some grunts, and then I mean, 10 seconds later, that behemoth walks from the south behind us. Like, I mean, right next to us, but like technically downwind. Um, and I'm like, okay, one, I'm like, we get out of the shed. We walk down there. I mean, yeah, it's better. there. guess you there, should say it's 2.30, 2.2.30. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he's, he one, if he's there, he's completely downwind. And there's not right. that much timber. There. So he's, we're walking, no. with, we're walking within 100 yards of him for sure, bedded.
1: or do you think he's just, he was just running and we caught him? Man, I mean, all signs point to, like, right place, right time. You guys hit the antlers together, you know, grunted, whatever it was, and he was within earshot of that. Like, that's where my head goes. But, I mean, I feel like I've also seen some crazy things with, like, deer just bedded in, like, goofball spots like that. Like, even that very first piece that we talked about – that was kind of the reason I, I gravitated towards that one like south point because I'm like, yeah, it's a weird spot. There's a house right there. I mean, what we just talked about here it, in this situation, that buck that you guys are talking about, Thomas, that you shot last year, I mean, that is not at all far from the shed. You know, it's yeah, a, it's no, kind no. of bringing this whole thing full circle. Like, you know, one, he could have been better there in a weird spot. But, two, he could have just been cruising through that stuff. And even at that, it's like we're Where did he come from? Because when you zoom out and look at that stuff, I mean, he would have been visible from, you know, if he just zombie walked across that. That I would imagine that's some sort of like CRP grass in that pasture to the south. But even at that, like, it's I can't imagine it's a place where he would just hang out and hide. You know, like he's probably just walking through that stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like if you were in our shed in in a back room that we have and open up the curtains, you would have watched from the shed Tom hard-punched that sucker Jeez. like like it was that it was that close but like I always like I always my mind likes to wander and be like like if we were to looked to the south when we were walking in there would we have seen that dude just hanging out there and I'm like no I don't I don't think they're that that zoned out during the rut but I'm like I mean he would have had I mean we were only in the tree for like twenty minutes 15 20 minutes yeah. so I'm like yeah. he had Unreal. One, it's either just right time. I mean, he just. I mean, he could have been just hauling ass, just working up there, and just boom. Or I mean, or he just decided to hang out there and just had bad luck. But that's that's we the always, question I want. Yeah, we we always joke that like those were like his first because the property lines right there. We always joke that like those were his first couple of steps on our eighty, and we just yeah. were in the, in the right spot because he's a buck. He's a buck that always hangs around, and he showed up for the first time year before on the day I killed him so like we knew he was he was going to be hanging around soon but yeah good question Nate
1: and and that was a buck that you guys obviously had seen like had photos of the previous year do you guys during the rut do you guys get like I mean you guys have put it all over the place would you guys say that in this spot specifically you see more random bucks than average about the same or less than like, what's that? What, what does that look like?
0: I'd say, I'd say way more than anywhere else. Like we're, okay. we have our shooters going into the season, but we're always expecting like three or four more that just pop up. Some of them we catch years later, others, we just never see again. So, and and Eric, late season on this place is stupid like i'm like i i want to hunt i want to hunt late october if, if i could hunt like 10 days in the season i'm going to hunt a few days late october i'm going to hunt a few days mid-november and then i'm going to hunt a big chunk late december just because we have standing food and that just if you keep if you keep food up there we it's it's almost like a rut like we have certain bucks come around the late december time frame just because yeah we have, Source and it's almost like it's almost like the rut for a lot of people. We just have mystery bucks show up that we haven't seen before. That is
1: super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, but sweet.
0: Cool. Well, we seriously appreciate the time running you through all these different scenarios. Uh, hopefully, for the listener slash watcher, it's cool to see where some of these folks would would hunt. I mean, Eric, you've killed a lot of deer. I mean, you've killed, you've killed. I mean a lot of deer like i mean look <laughs> at the wall behind like you got plenty of bucks there hanging up um but yeah so we seriously appreciate that it's, it's kind of interesting to see i mean where where people choose what's like what features really stick out because everybody's looking at the same map and i mean if you grab 10 guys i mean a lot of them are gonna like have those initial things stick out to them but then there's always a slight adjustment like i feel like a lot at least for me it's like my initial spot is like okay, that's probably too good to be true. Let's like make this a little more realistic and kind of shake it out a little bit and like choose one of those next spots. But it's kind of it's great yeah. to see. totally. Yeah, I think I think one great thing that Eric also brought to the table is just like some public land hunting perspectives. Um, when like when to hunt, like how how to how to hunt it if there's people there, like the staying till dark and seeing headlamps. That's that's something that I like hadn't really thought about much before. That's that's a really good point. Um, so thanks Eric for letting us deep dive, um, really quick. What's do you have, do you have some cameras out? Um, I know you've got a couple states on the table, but any, any buck update yeah. on your front at all?
1: Um, there's one I'm going to be looking for real hard here in Wisconsin to, uh, try to find back, uh, to, to get after early. I don't have cameras out for that deer yet specifically. Um, but I have made, I actually, uh, last weekend made my first quick, like drive around kind of looking for him, saw a bunch of deer, not the one I'm kind of looking for yet. And then this yeah. weekend, uh, heading down to Iowa to get some cameras out and, and, uh, you know, do some projects down there. So super pumped for, uh, to have that Iowa tag. It actually came in the mail last night and like, that just hits different when you, uh, yeah. you know, go to check the mail and that sitting in there, it's, that's i mean it's been five years waiting so the excitement level to get down and, and experience that is you know second to none right now so i'm I'm pretty pumped
0: what's going to awesome. be your what's going to be your limit i mean you're gonna are you gonna shoot four or five year old or like where, what's what's your
1: bar yeah i want, I'm i'm gonna i mean i'm super fortunate that i'm hunting at in- a really great spot uh, with a good buddy of mine and I'm gonna be holding out for you know definitely a four four year old buck or older for sure. Um you know it's so hard for like I I've killed one buck that scored over uh you know over 150 and uh, and that's a, a giant deer you know for anyone's book um uh, but you know that's the one that I've hit, shot that's like touched that. I've killed a slew of like what have become to know known as uh barber bucks like just nice bucks like this tree of bucks behind me those are the barber bucks you know and I've got yeah those things are littered through the house um so I've never been a, a guy that's just like so hugely focused on score so it's gonna it's gonna be super hard for me to like say no to just like a big uh-huh. ugly nasty gnarly five-year-old you know Because, uh, but at the same time, like I'm just excited to take it all in and and see what I see what I see and just experience that because it is a different world. For sure. Awesome. Yeah.
0: um, If you're listening or watching, leave a comment or email us at info at identicaldraw.com. We're going to have a lot more folks on to dive through a bunch of different properties where they'd hunt. And what we're going to do is if you're listening to this or watching this, and you wanna send us your property for somebody to walk through and to be able to show you where they'd hunt on your piece, you can do that. DM us, comment, email us, and uh, we'll get your property. We're not spot burning, we'll we'll take, we'll just mention the state, um, take all the layers off and things like that, no addresses or nothing like that. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in that, you should hit us up because we've got some good guests. Eric, we seriously appreciate the time. That was awesome. Yeah,
1: thanks, Eric. Thank you, guys. It was a blast.